0: every problem that arises offers you the opportunity to quit and move on but for us it's not even an option I don't know it just makes it stronger
1: hey you're listening to talking about the passion I'm Thomas Irwin this is a podcast where I interview different creative individuals in the music world as for myself I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon If you want, you can look up more about my own music at NiagaraMoonMusic.com. For episode 38, we have the fantastic southern dream pop duo Renshaw Davies. The band consists of John Renshaw and Emily Davies, a lovely musical couple based down in New Orleans. I'd seen Renshaw Davies perform once before in Florence, Massachusetts, about a year ago, and I knew I definitely wanted to get them on the podcast at some point. And we have a neat conversation about their current tour, their new EP, The Heat, and a bunch of other topics. Coming up first, though, we're going to hear a song of theirs from that EP, The Heat, called Summertime.
2: nice to close your eyes in the summertime looking back at our
1: You both are uh, in the middle of a tour right now?
3: It's sort of one big tour, but we've come home for a couple weeks in between. We had a couple shows here in New Orleans.
1: You guys starting to get tired out from all the, the playing in different cities, or still going strong?
0: Uh, you start gaining strength about the time you get home. Yeah. Uh,
1: sure. Start getting in a, in a rhythm. and Yeah, then after then about
0: then, two, three weeks, you have to go home. You're like, oh, I don't feel satisfied. You
1: know?
0: uh. But... I've never done this, though, where we go home for a week and then going back. It's like, yeah, it's different. It's not even, I don't know, you don't have to really be home. It's a weird feeling. I'm
3: trying not to readjust a little bit. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're trying to stay in on the road mode.
0: Yeah, right.
3: yeah.
0: I don't want to clean the house. I don't want to, you know, just, just <laughs> keep it all like it was.
1: It's like your apartment feels like a hotel. Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> treat it that way.
1: So uh, for this tour, where have you guys been playing so far? What have been some of those cities you've hit up?
3: We kind of hugged the East Coast on the way up for this last part. Um, Got as far as the Outer Banks, played Savannah, Charleston, the area, a few cities in Alabama, and then kind of went down, still the East Coast states, but a little further west. Hmm. And then we'll get up as far as Maryland, for this next one and down through Tennessee. And, oh, as far as Pennsylvania, I keep thinking wow. Maryland because we're staying there. Pennsylvania.
1: It's a lot of hours on the road.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep, it is. And, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of pressure on the car. I want a tour out of it. <laughs> it's on its last, legs. its last legs. It's been on its Very last much legs. So. I thought it was last year. Since the first tour we took it on, I thought it was on its last legs. Always just, like, begs for another chance. Yeah. We've
3: said this is the last one, though.
0: Yeah, we're not going for another.
3: Bittersweet.
0: We're not going for a while.
3: (laughs) Mostly sweet.
1: (laughs) So, you two are based out of New
0: Orleans.
3: That's right.
1: So how long have you both been down there?
3: A little over five years. Both of us.
0: Yeah, I I was born here, and I've kind of been raised on New Orleans. (laughs) I moved when I was young, but came back for college and all that jazz. But yeah, we've been here together for about five years.
1: So you both met for the first time five years ago? That's kind of when things started?
0: Yeah, pretty much right away. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you meet each other at an open mic or something? Or how did you how did you two connect?
3: Uh, we met at an open mic called yeah. the Neutral yeah. Ground Coffee House
0: that every every Sunday night. we Played that for about a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we really started playing together.
1: And then initially, were you performing as a duo, or did you go right into trying to have a full band? Or
0: we uh we did perform as a duo, but really it was it was it was a bunch of solo musicians coming together because we had a few other people that would play with us, and it didn't really like spawn into anything official, you know. And we had a trio for a little bit, yeah. and we did
3: kind of some touring a little bit, and then went back to the duo ultimately.
0: Yeah, that worked a lot better.
1: <laughs> that's when things really kind of solidified?
0: Yeah, we picked a name, as so we had been just kind of messing around before. Kind of got a lot more serious about things. You know, it's a lot It's a lot clearer with just two people. Well, you can, you can practice whenever you want, you know, do all that stuff, and... Sometimes that that's not the best thing in the world, but for the mm-hmm. most part it works out a lot better. <laughs> Especially for us. You know, dating.
1: So, uh what are each of your roles within the group at this point?
3: Uh we both sing you kind know, a lot of harmonies and I do keys, synth drum beat
0: kind of stuff. We're trying to work through to write songs together pretty soon. We've been Kind of arranging them together for the last few years, and uh, we everything else, all that, the different aspects of being a band, we kind of like like switch off yeah, <laughs> every you know. every few months, you know, book shows, money, all that kind of the, the fun stuff. You know, <laughs> it's it's the it's actually most of what we do. <laughs> John also plays um, guitar. I can't remember the last time <laughs> I played an instrument or sang at all. You know? <laughs>
1: Just Your instrument is the email. Balancing
0: <laughs> budgets all the time, though, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like being an accountant. <laughs> kind
3: of. We're not very good at our job Yeah, we're there. terrible at
0: it. <laughs> it's terrible. Collect your receipts. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of receipts.
1: <laughs> so who is writing the songs primarily? Are you switching off from song to song? Like, it's Emily's song, then it's John's song, or how do you...
3: All of our music thus far, we're kind of working on writing together more now. Um, yeah,
0: we've we've got a lot of songs that were, uh, you know, the first album is always kind of what you've been working on for a long time. So there are a lot of holdovers from our, like, more solo days. Yeah. So that we, like, have been doing for a few years. They, they've all been my songs, but this next one is definitely going to be more of a group effort for sure because we want no ego or anything like that and kind of stuff
1: mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely difference you can hear in songs that were just written by one person and then made to fit the arrangement of a group versus songs that really kind of came about because of the, the group Definitely, so and I'm striving more towards that
0: especially as a duo it's very like if one person's writing everything then it's just I don't know it doesn't like, if you have a, a band with a, a band leader, and they have a band around them, it's different, but we've never do that kind of thing.
1: So how did the two of you first get into playing music, like, growing up? What was your, your introduction into that?
3: I mean, I, I started mostly singing, singing groups, and, and then also theater groups in school, so that just kept on, and... I didn't know if it was going to be a serious thing or not, but New Orleans really kind of made that easy. Music's always in your face here, so.
0: Yeah, uh, (laughs) I've wanted to play guitar for a long time, metal school. I thought it was really cool. I finally got one, and it was just hard. I never wanted to do it, and (laughs) I would listen to all this music that was, you know, I listened to a lot of, like, you know, metal and stuff, and Nah, that's, I can't do any of this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I would try to sing. I don't know. I can't do it.
1: You were more into like metal and kind of uh, outrageous rock stuff, but then you got more into this the singer songwriter thing.
0: Uh, when I first started playing guitar, I was in a, you know Led Zeppelin and then so on. I just like I was just looking for louder and faster yeah. stuff. It was harder and harder and harder <laughs> to play anything. And I find like I got into like folk music, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, man. Come on. Oh but, yeah, you realize <laughs> anybody
1: can sing if they if they have uh, the songs.
0: Like I can do that. Yeah, you know? I I just kept working on it, but and then I then of course writing songs. It's always been something I wanted to do. So I, I'm sure I identified with him more on that front. But he yeah. was like he was the big one. Yeah, you, know?
1: you realize it's. Not about shredding on the guitar, it's about uh, the song, and honoring exactly. the song, yeah.
0: Never was able to shred on the guitar. I still can't do it, never will. I got an electric guitar first. It's like, why can't I do that? Why can't I? And I didn't know anything about recording or studios or, you know, the fact that a $100 Fender knockoff can't sound <laughs> like a million dollar production. It just As a 13-year-old, I just didn't really understand that. unfortunately you get
1: what you pay for
0: perfection has always been like like ingrained in my psyche so it was just like i can't do that i can't do that but it does build a i don't know you just like want to learn how to do that
1: and uh emily what was the kind of music that you eventually really settled on like you felt it it was your favorite kind of sound like the the bands you most connected with
3: I, ever, I was raised listening to a lot of my mom's music. I loved The Wallflowers and Tom Petty as a kid. But the first band that really felt like mine was Queen. Mm. And I just delved into that classic rock era. I loved Queen and Pink Floyd and still kept that with me. So we're doing different stuff than that, but I still kind of take elements of it.
0: We just saw Roger Waters. You
1: know? <laughs> oh, wow. He came to New Orleans?
0: Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Some of the greatest cool. shows I've ever seen.
1: God, that must have been a stadium or something, right?
0: It was oh, a yeah. big arena, for sure. And he had all his political messages, and the band was great. It was just a spectacle.
3: It hit all kinds yeah. of fields.
0: He <laughs> yeah. so played all his stuff on really the dark cool. side of the moon, a wall.
1: So seeing that show, did you uh, come away with any kind of ideas for your your own live show, any inspiration?
0: Yeah, I've always approached like kind of live shows as being you know, like, so like raw, I guess you could say. But lately, try to like want to want to curate an atmosphere, mm-hmm. lights and stuff, stuff we can't really afford. But hmm. I mean, you
3: can move towards that. Yeah, like,
0: I mean it's, that's what being an artist is all about, though. Trying to reach stuff that you can't really figure out how to do. You mm-hmm. know?
1: Always have the next goal in mind.
0: You know, you got to like figure out how to how nice. to do That's what with what you got, especially nowadays when you got we have a computer, we're talking on like, you can create so much. I, I don't know, maybe just because we've been playing folk music for so long, it's just been about the raw emotion and it always will be. But I think there's a more intentional aspect of the show that I think I think is really exciting to to get into in the coming years.
1: Well, it's in, it's interesting cuz when I first saw you guys perform in in Florence in Massachusetts, you had a relatively like folksy Americana sound going on. And then I hear these these new songs from the EP and you have like some dreamy synths. It's almost like this 80s Fleetwood Mac kind of vibe. You have vocal loops. Like you've kind of gone down this road of incorporating that sort of stuff onto your acoustic thing. You seem to be like combining the the two styles.
3: Yeah. Right. When we recorded, you know, we tried just doing the stripped-down thing that we were doing, and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel full. And Carson, who produced and recorded our record, kind of worked with us to try layering on some different things. And one of the main things was this big Juno synthesizer mm. that airplane taking off and I added on, took away, added on, took away, and the heat. Rap is the result of that. Just kind of. Did what we could to serve each song and make it sound like we felt its very best could be.
0: We had already recorded most of it when when you saw us last year, so it was really difficult to <laughs> tour for three months, you know, without that in our live sound. Mm. But we really, really discovered how to play. We had never played our stripped-down set that well. Getting really good at something is awesome, and then starting over like there's like a middle ground <laughs> like man i'm getting really good at this i don't know if i want to switch but <laughs> now we've kind of like kind of getting this new set under our belt too so
1: always do more than you think you can do always not quite know what you're doing
3: if you feel comfortable you're doing it yeah. wrong
0: and it's it's uh definitely makes us self-conscious a lot of the time we're essentially practicing new things in front of people but it's fun
3: it's definitely made touring a little more complicated because it's a lot more gear and more things that you don't want to leave behind if you even stop in for lunch or something on the road. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you get
1: nervous about leaving everything <laughs> in the car.
0: It's still barely anything compared to other bands. That yeah, I've got to
3: keep perspective there.
0: <laughs> the like sound people will be like, oh, that's not much. Don't, you know? It's a lot to us. <laughs> we, we barely even know how to use electricity, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, we've been getting good feedback. That was fun.
3: Yeah, like,
0: jumping into a new world of music listeners is well cool. a world we've always wanted to jump into. Yeah,
1: the uh, on the EP, the Heat, you have what sounds like a full band going on. I'm guessing people in addition to just the two of you. Um, some
3: songs, not all. A little bit of live drums, some strings got uh some pedal steel
0: drum machine yeah we got it's it's not one band it was it was recorded over over like a year you know mm-hmm. so it didn't go as intended
3: our friend derek did the pedal steel in summertime and we love that and we're like kind of looking for something to fill in renegade just wasn't feeling complete and decided we wanted pedal steel on that one too and he was in Germany, so we like, scheduled out to record when he uh, came back, making all the puzzle pieces fit together. But we're glad we did. He did a brilliant job.
1: Yeah, I mean, it came out sounding really, really good. Are you uh, hoping to eventually be able to perform with that arrangement more, like more than just the two of you? Or you always want to tour in kind of that uh, that easier style, less gear and just simpler setup?
0: We like it as a duo, so we're gonna try to add as much as possible. I think that's what that's what the music, I mean, it is a lot, <laughs> it is a lot of band in some parts, but we always kept in mind that we would be playing it live as a duo, so it's, the, our work with the producer was always towards that goal, like every time you put something on, like, well, you know, you can do it like this, why, you know? We've been learning a lot.
3: Yeah, and I I really didn't know anything about synthesizers at that point and <laughs> it's just like, yeah, okay, you're telling me I can do this, but I really don't know what you're talking about. And he <laughs> kinda of gave me just enough of a lead to kind of figure it all out myself. Can't wait to learn what I can do with what we have and exciting as a musician finding out that you can learn
1: so much more yeah there's kind of a whole new sonic palette available to you so doing Renshaw Davies for this many years now it's been about five years you said
0: five years of playing with each other but more more or less three years of Renshaw Davies
1: so Renshaw Davies so three-ish years or so up until now what uh would have been like some of the most difficult challenges you've had to overcome
3: as a group maybe most recently getting potentially stranded in charleston Our uh, car broke down this oh. <laughs>
0: well, broke down a few times this year air, air conditioning stopped working
1: oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's terrible because you guys are down in the hot southeast you're touring in like august you need that air conditioning
0: well our album's called the heat
1: <laughs> it is isn't it so what do you do when your car breaks down and you're in Charleston? how do you where do you go from there?
0: So lucky in Charleston lucky. because we had a place that we could basically stay indefinitely and it was beautiful downtown old Charleston Oh all right
1: so you lucked out then
0: yeah it was great um, you know? so, so that, that was all right <laughs>
3: Thank you to Jill for putting us up in Charleston
0: yeah well we've had we've had a few challenges over the years staying and playing like a lot of couples or or duos or even bands like the first problem that arises like every problem that arises offers you the opportunity to quit and move on but for us it's not even an option i don't know it just makes it stronger like it doesn't even need to be a big problem just like you wake up one day and you don't feel like playing music you don't feel like writing emails you're just getting through the grind of living working putting all your effort into something that isn't yielding you any <laughs> any <inch. laughs>
1: so it's learning to commit to it like a, a job yeah, yeah. quote-unquote regular fun. job yeah.
3: yeah i certainly don't always feel like going to my job either but yeah.
0: you <laughs> don't you know, don't sure, it's like you don't feel like a rock star necessarily but you feel like you're doing your own thing and you're playing shows and people are coming to see you and and you get home and you you work at a job at a restaurant <laughs> or something and like people are back to bossing you around <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just a, it's a it's, it screws of your mind sometimes <laughs> that's good to build it up your ego you. and
3: it build up your ego and bring you back down constant
0: humble humbling
1: experiences <laughs> well i guess that's uh, it's good that you don't get too comfortable or too uh, spoiled. That can often impact the music. If an artist
0: gets lazy or satisfied, anytime someone says something good, accept it and move on. You no, know? or bad, or bad.
3: Yeah, we got a funny bad review. <laughs>
1: you got a funny bad review. Oh yeah,
3: yeah weird spelling and everything. <laughs> Sounded like Carp and was Lowe's energy. Lowe's like the hardware store.
1: <laughs> Sounded like Carp and had Lowe's energy. You should uh, use that as like a press <laughs> snippet on your website or something. We sound like Carp. Um, on the flip side, what have been some of the most rewarding experiences the band has had so far?
3: Honestly, we really loved that show at Florence. We had a great time playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, there. that
1: was a good set.
0: One of our best memories from that tour. Everyone was there. We played last, but no one left. It was just very. It was one of those moments where you feel like you're doing the right thing. You know, obviously we keep in touch with people from that show. I mean, you know, we're doing a podcast with you right now. Yeah, like great. And we, I mean, multiple people. We we could play another show there, and we'd like to. We'd love to. <laughs> and uh, that feeling, like like touring, is a is a strange strange thing you have a show like that and then you have a show that no one shows up to and you don't have anywhere to stay the next day (laughs) you know that repeats so many times but you eventually just kind of numb isn't the right phrase for it you just kind of get used to it you just kind of relish in solving problems Mm -hmm. at any time you feel like uh, down on yourself or you have too much to do which happens a lot like, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't something to stress me out. This is something I need to figure out. It's just like, you know?
1: Yeah, getting proactive seems like it's pretty important.
0: Don't wallow in self misery. <laughs> That's often
1: the, the trend for a lot of musicians, but... Yeah. <laughs> you got to get over it.
0: Touring is not the best for your mental health. You know?
1: So when you say touring isn't the best for your mental health, what aspects of it are really hard for people?
0: I would say just not being on the same plane as everyone else in your life i mean it's different for us since we're, we're together you know right. we, we're in a relationship yeah. so we're
3: leaving families a yeah. lot for a lot of people
0: just living in a different kind of uh like you're in a different city every day you're not going through your normal habits and all that kind of stuff whereas everyone else is and you get back and everyone's moved on you know it's like three weeks have just gone by
3: can be easy to yeah. get stuck in a downward
0: spiral, but um. yeah, and you're on the road and your car breaks down. <laughs> you can't find anywhere to eat. Like you know, you can let that destroy you. I mean, a lot of these other these musicians are. I mean, they're in hotels and they're living like what we would call a great life. <laughs> so there's also that aspect of it where it's like, man, when does this get good? <laughs> you know what I mean, but you gotta just love what you're doing. Yeah, It's cliche, but there's no, you know, there's no uh, thing that happens at the end of it where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm good now.
1: You have to enjoy the journey.
0: And that's not right. just touring;
1: Definitely. it's with everything. So, when you two are touring, what kind of uh, roles do you take on when you have to deal with all the logistics and just the the business behind being a touring musician? Like Emily, what do you uh, you end up taking on responsibility-wise in the group, and what does John's role fall under?
3: So for this tour, I've booked the shows, and John's done more of the publicity end of things. That sort of worked.
0: I don't know. (laughs) No, it's a work in progress with our roles, you know, booking shows. I mean, I've done a lot of driving and stuff. Oh, yeah, John does most of the driving. (laughs) I'm trying to—I can't—I'm not very good at being in the passenger seat, (laughs) Makes me it all, it all makes me anxious.
1: Oh, is that an issue with control, perhaps?
0: I guess probably. You no, know? <laughs> I, I Jill from Charleston said it's a Virgo thing. <laughs> a Virgo thing. Okay. We we kind of split. Like last summer, we split up the booking. We both kind of keep track of the money. I mean, that's you're just getting paid in cash every night. It's kind of difficult. You know, we're trying to set up a bank account for the band, all that good stuff. Mm. We both look for places to stay we exhaust all our resources i think it would be better if we had more defined roles specific meeting times but since we're together all the time we're just kind of like all right could you do this could you do that yeah i'll do this later and you know, i'll do this let's talk about this now instead of later whereas if a band people that don't live together they have like meetings at seven o'clock or. Whatever.
1: it's more formal
0: yeah right. more yeah. formal i think to me, it seems good because we're not doing it, but <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's a little bit difficult to move forward a lot of the time when you're together all the time. I don't know. It's weird.
1: Yeah. So the two of you are always traveling together. Um, you're a couple. You're playing music together. You're making creative decisions together. You're doing the, the business side of stuff together. I'm, you've just been able to fall into a pattern where you don't really uh, have difficulties with any of that. You don't get into... Lots of arguments or something.
0: Oh, we're gonna lots of arguments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you get in an argument, it's hard to uh, separate, you know, that from what you need to do, which is kind of what I've tried to describe—the lack of formality. You know, like if you get in an argument and you just walk out of the door, and yeah. you don't, you know, you don't decide what your budget is for the week or whatever. So, mm. there's definitely a separation, which is kind of. A scary thing, you know, if you're separating yourself as like a couple, if you're like, no, we're not a couple right now. We're band members <laughs> like that. That feels like it's a good point of no return, too. So there's a lot of gray areas with being a couple and also business partners.
3: Shovels and ropes
0: made it work. Yeah, they've made it work. Um, Who made it work? Shovels and rope. That's one that's one of our early influences together. Hmm. It's like in southern folk, Americana, rock band. Fleetwood Mac made half of it yeah. work somehow.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's debatable.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, they definitely <laughs> made something work. They made
1: good music. That part of it worked out.
0: <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of bands. I don't know if they're couples or not, but it's like, you know, guy and girl. Yeah. Nice have very close. <laughs> yeah, we've got some. I don't know if, we, if we're obvious or not, to be honest. I mean, we were talking about it, but...
3: There, yeah, there's a show we played in Charleston. I think both of the bands asked if we were brother and sister. To like, mm-hmm. no.
0: be <laughs> fair, they were brother and sister.
3: Right. So.
1: <laughs> I thought the White Stripes were brother and sister for a long time. I guess that was the the story they were trying to put forth.
3: Yeah, that's, that's kind of purposefully put that out there. But.
0: Jack White's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Dresses his little kid up, just like him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, what are Renshaw Davies' plans from here on out? You're doing the second stretch of your tour pretty soon. Are you anticipating working on a full length after that?
3: Definitely new music. Yeah, um, we want to definitely plan it out. I'm not sure about the length, but um, yeah, I think we'll be working on new music and probably holding off touring until next summer, except for maybe some smaller things. We'd like to make a big far in advance effort to make a great tour next summer so yeah
0: when we get back i guess you know late september early october we're gonna try to plan out more more than just the next day hmm. uh, as far as albums are concerned it, yeah I, I would rather release a full-length album we were supposed to this time it just didn't just didn't work out we could just release a bunch of singles. We're definitely going on tour next summer, and we're releasing a video pretty soon. Uh, it's being worked on right now. I've already filmed it. That'll be fun. Cool. But uh, we're definitely going to let this EP. I mean, it's been so long since we started it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> when it was done, I didn't know what to do with it. It's <laughs> so strange. I mean, a feeling after two years of working on something, and then you're not working on it. I've yeah. never had that happen to me before. So maybe the next album will be about that. But um, we're going to try to plan it out in terms of years rather than months when we get back.
3: One New year, era. two year, <laughs> five year plan.
0: Yeah. It's what all the successful people say to do. So.
1: Sounds solid. We
3: Sounds can right. do it. We'll see if we can do it. <laughs> I say
0: that. I mean, it's a good plan.
1: All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, and the EP sounds really, really great. I'm excited to, to put it out there for people to to listen to, and also let me know if you ever end up coming up to Seattle on your tour. That your is tour.
0: Needs to. to. <laughs> I think we may try the West Coast next summer. We've been getting a lot of a lot of people wanting us to be out there, and I've wanted to do that. we itching so, for that. Yeah.
1: Thanks again for talking with me.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Okay, that was fun. Apologies for the spotty audio quality at points. I hope you enjoyed listening to what they had to say. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review there if you really liked it. I love getting them, and I read every single one. Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list to keep tabs on the podcast and on Niagara Moon. Plus, you'll get access to my upcoming private live stream and other goodies. To sign up for that, go to niagramoonmusic.com, scroll down, and enter in your email address. Find the podcast on Facebook at Talking About the Passion. I'm also on Twitter at TATP Podcast, and on Instagram at Music. If you'd like to write to me, you can email TATPPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my 2017 album, Eating Peaches. To finish up the episode, I'm going to play another Renshaw Davies song now called If I Can't Have You. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next Wednesday.